Hello, my lovely, and welcome to the ADHD Entrepreneur. My name is Carrie, and I'm your host and the chief weirdo of Carrie Out Loud. I'm so glad that you found the podcast. And as a woman with ADHD who mentors women with ADHD, I am here to help you harness the traits you contend with and show you how to work with them and not against them. So that way your business will grow and thrive with a lot less stress and overwhelm and you can have a lot more fun. So if that's your jam, you're in the right place. Let's get started. See you on the inside. Hello, my lovely, and welcome back to the ADHD Entrepreneur. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for coming back. And if you're new here, welcome. I'm so happy to have you. Um, If you're new and you want to get to know a little bit more about me, the ADHD, and my story with that, episode 59 is a great place to start. That's really where my ADHD content starts. But starting in the first few episodes as well is a good place to be. So if you're new around here, check those out. And today I wanted, I'm doing an ADHD episode. So I alternate between ADHD and entrepreneurship because I want to educate and advocate when it comes to ADHD, but I'm also a business mentor. So I like to help in both ways. So I figured the best way to do that was have one kind of episode one week and one kind of episode the next and alternate back and forth so that you can listen to just the ADHD episodes or you can listen to the business episodes just depending on what it is you need. So welcome. (laughs) Today, one of the things I realized is that I have not talked about what it was like getting assessed for ADHD and what to expect when you decide to ask for your assessment. I've never really talked you through it or walked you through it or helped you understand what to expect. So I figured that that is what I would do for you today. I'll walk you through what I went through. Um, not what I went through, but the process. And I will put some resources in the show notes for you of if you're having trouble getting assessed or you're not being taken seriously or any of the things that come sometimes with getting that assessment, this will give you some additional resources, okay? So first thing I recommend is going to your primary care. So if you have a really good relationship with your primary care physician, say it's somebody you've been going to for years and years and years and years, they're probably going to be the top person to ask because they're going to have a way to guide you to the right people because they you've been there forever. They care. If you have something where you see different doctors, like you have an HMO, you have a different doctor each time, or you have a a couple of different doctors, and you don't feel like you have that bond or that relationship, you can still ask them to refer you to somebody who specializes in ADHD assessments. And there are other ways to seek out people. So chad, chadd.org. And Attitude Mag, Attitude Magazine, which is Attitude A D D I T U D E Mag, M A G dot com. Those are all resources where you can 
find ways to become assessed as well. But I will put some additional things in the show notes for you. So let me tell you the story. If you're new here, you haven't heard any of this. If you aren't new here, you may have heard some of this, but not all of it because I haven't actually shared the whole shebang with you. So about a year and a half ago, oh gosh, probably two years now, yeah, at least two years, I asked my therapist, my psychiatrist who'd been treating me for anxiety and depression for 12 years, if I could get referred to be assessed for ADHD. And he told me, you don't have ADHD, you have anxiety, and we need to get your anxiety under control first before we do that. And I just went, okie dokie, and I believed him and went on my way. And it wasn't until about a little over a year later, I was like, no, these things I contend with do not fall under anxiety or depression. And the more I looked around me, certain friends were getting diagnosed and I was like, hmm, this is interesting. And I was relating some of the things that didn't fall under anxiety or depression to ADHD, which was nowhere on my radar. Nowhere on my radar. It wasn't even a thought in my mind. I wasn't even aware of it until I was. And once I was aware, I was like, I check all of these boxes. Now, Checking all the boxes of ADHD doesn't even necessarily mean you have ADHD. That is why you need to get an assessment because they are ruling in ADHD and ruling out other things, brain injuries. Um, if you've ever like, if you've been in an accident, you hit your head, other types of things that could be causing the symptoms because ADHD has a lot of symptoms, but some of them can fall under other medical conditions or medical issues. So that's why it's so important that if you want to find out if you have ADHD, you can get assessed. Now, I have an ADHD quiz that I offer. It is not a diagnostic tool. It is so that you can see, okay, do I check these boxes? Maybe I should get assessed because either it's ADHD or something else is up and I want to know whatever this is. That's why I've created that. Um, you can, I will also put that in the show notes. <laughs> um, so if you want to take that quiz, you can. And then if enough comes back, um, your score is high enough, I would definitely ask to be assessed and make sure that ADHD is the issue and that there's nothing else going on because that's very important. So once my doctor, so I went back to him and I said, okay. <laughs> This is not my anxiety alone. I, I, there's other things. So I want to get assessed for ADHD. So finally, I got referred to the therapy department and I got the paperwork. So they send you paperwork that is going to seem very repetitive. You're going to be checking off boxes on a handful of pieces of paper that are all going to say very similar things. But again, they're assessing you in a way to rule out other things and rule in ADHD, right? Another thing that is done during this assessment is what's called an observer. So there will be a document or maybe even as part of your session to be assessed, 
they may ask you to bring that person or have that person available um, who knows you well, who observes you on a regular basis, because there's a document they fill out as an observer, because they see you from the outside. You will only see you from the inside out. And you see the world through your lenses and your filters and all those things. Other people who know you well, they see you through a, through their lens. And I want to make it very clear. This is not somebody to look for. Don't look for somebody who's going to criticize or critique you as a person. You need to find a person in your life who's going to like give it to you for real. They're going to be honest and a way that's not judgmental because so many of us women with ADHD already feel judged before we figure out we have this because we have been called chatty or lazy or, you know, all the other things that happen, right? All the other things we get called at certain times in our life. So it's Somebody who can be objective and somebody who will shoot straight when they're filling out this document in a non-judgmental way. It's, it's, a, it's check boxes. So they read a statement and they check on a scale of zero, one, two, three, which you are or are not. Then once you get that paperwork done, it goes back to the person who's doing the assessment. For me, I turned my documentation back into that department, and then I got a call a couple of days later, and then they scheduled my appointment out for a month later. Getting an assessment right now can take time, and you want to make sure that the person assessing you specializes in assessing ADHD in adults. (laughs) So, because the markers in the DSM, which is the book that medical humans use in order to diagnose certain things in our, um, you know, mental health and things like this, the DSM, it's got markers that are basically for children because it hasn't been updated yet. But there is a lot of updated research over the last 20 years, and especially when it comes to women. So you want somebody who specializes in adult ADHD, if you find somebody who is does assessments for children, ask them if they also do assessments for adults. That's very important. Um, and so I turned my paperwork in. I got my call. I had an appointment a month later. I was lucky enough to be able to do it by telehealth um, at that point. And I believe in the U.S. you can do it by telehealth until November, I believe is the cutoff for that, but they may extend it. I don't know because there are a lot of people who are requesting assessments. And I know in other countries, it's taking an inordinate amount of time. So just understand that the t- it may take time to get there and to be as patient as you can which I know is difficult once you've lived your whole life not understanding what's going on and you finally think you have the thing figured out and you can't get assessed for it. So dig deep, dig deep into that patient, sister. So the next step was the assessment, which took an hour. The great part about the assessment, unless there's missing info, 
is that they're going to tell you right then. So my assessment was an hour. We reviewed the questions that I had answered on paper. He asked me all the same questions plus more. And then one of the things that I have is in my history as a child. You may need to talk to relatives or people who are around when you were young. Um, most women have, not, I can't say most, I'm being very general, but women's, the way it manifests is, is, is more the inattentive type. There's three types. There's inattentive, there's hyperactive, and there's combined. I have combined, which is both interactive and uh, hyperactive and inattentive. Hyperactive is more of what you tend to see in men, and it'll show outwardly, men and boys. However, women can have hyperactive, but our hyperactivity comes in a different way. It's in our mind, or it'll be in little things we do with our body, like tapping our foot, tapping our finger, twirling our hair, overthinking is part of that hyperactivity, not being able to sit still, feeling like you're being run by a motor. That's more of the hyperactive type. Inattentive is more of a daydreamer, having trouble focusing, having trouble concentrating, you know, not being able to like start a task. Or if you start a task, you start tw 12 tasks and none of them get finished. That's more inattentive. And then Take all those symptoms, jumble them up together, smack them together, and you've got combined. So think about when you were little. Were you kind of aloof or were you a daydreamer? Did you have trouble focusing when you were in class? If you were in school, some are home, people are homeschooled. So, you know, this might not have been caught even <laughs> if that's the case. But were you more of kind of like a daydreamer? Um, for me, I was able to know there was a few instances in my childhood that directly pointed to ADHD. One was a teacher wrote in a report card, if Carrie doesn't stop talking so much, she's going to never have friends. Yes, that was really fucking harsh, by the way. I don't know why any teacher in their right mind would write that, but it could have been written in a different way. <laughs> it was pretty hardcore. But for me, that is one of the indicators that I shared with him about when I was young. The second one was my mom was told I'm hyperactive and to start to give me coffee. And for so many years, I was like, oh, why did she give me coffee? Now I don't like coffee. I'm sorry. I don't. Um, I don't like coffee because I was made to drink it when I was like 10 years old. Well, it's a stimulant. There are people now who actually take caffeine pills because it chills them out. It's the opposite effect, coffee or any of the caffeinated type of things. Those are the opposite effect on people with ADHD. Like literally... I know people can drink three cups of coffee and take a nap. It's supposed to wake your ass up, <laughs> right? So I was able to also tell him in the assessment, my mom had let me know that I had been 
called hyperactive and they told me my mom to give me coffee. And I was very talkative as a child. I was very, very chatty. Um, that hasn't gone away. <laughs> Still am. But that, along with what I experience now, the information he took down in all the forms and the hour assessment at the end, he was able to tell me that, yes, what's going on with you is this. And what it did was it opened up resources, treatments, ways to navigate in the world with it. That's what a diagnosis does for you. Not everyone wants to get a diagnosis. They don't want a label. They don't want that. I support you. I will always support people in whatever they feel is best for them, for their lives. Sometimes it's a cultural thing. They're like, I can't have a label that's unacceptable in my family. That's real. Maybe that's you. But some want that because they get a whole brand new blueprint handed to them and go, oh, you're neurodivergent. <laughs> that means these are your real rule sets. This is how your brain navigates life. And it's so funny because ADHDers talk about their brain almost like it's a separate entity from their body. I know I do. I'm like, oh, my ADHD brain, as if it's not in my fucking cranium right now. <laughs> as if it's not a part of me, right? But you're living as a human with ADHD. You're an ADHDer. I personally don't mind the label because it also can help people understand why I do certain things the way that I do. Same for you. You'll be able to say, hey, um, this is part of my ADHD and I don't always have control over this. I don't always have a say. So it opens you up to things like medication if you choose to take it. From the research I've done, the medications around 80% effective in helping in some capacity. 50%, it gives you a complete 180. That's what it did for me. Like my life is different. I can focus. I can get things done. I can create a list and check the boxes off. There's things that I can do now that I've never been able to do before in my life. So for 50%, that happens. Another 30%, it makes a monumental difference. And the other 20% may not experience as much of a shift, or it may not be the thing that works for them. There's cognitive behavioral therapy. There's different ways that you can figure out how to navigate through life that actually work with your brain, not against it. Understanding that executive functioning is something that you, you struggle with. You're not lazy because you don't do the laundry or the dishes are in the sink for three days. You've used up your freaking executive functioning tokens for the day. <laughs> you sat down, you did your work, you're out of tokens. Laundry and dishes, you're like, fuck it. <laughs> Can't do that. I'm so tired. Because our brains are think so quickly throughout the day that our body ends up getting tired. I've jokingly started calling my brain a trampoline brain. <laughs> I like that term. 
it's like a trampoline up there. It's like there's all these thoughts in there and they're just bouncing around all the time, right? Boing, 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 boing. Uh, and the whole brain is a trampoline and everything's just shooting around in there. And what the meds have done for me is take the bouncing down a lot and the number of thoughts jumping around in there and the ability to have a little bit more focus. But if the meds aren't for you, there's different therapy types. There's so many different things that are being researched right now, like neurotropics, which are um, I have not personally tried, but I know people who fucking love their mushroom coffee because it does help them. So by knowing knowledge is power and knowledge and getting a diagnosis opens you up to having the ability to explore the resources that are available to you specifically as an ADHD person. That's the gift it gives you. So again, if that diagnosis is not something that you want, I get it. I support you. On the flip side, if you do decide to do that, you get a different set of resources and things to look into because there's no cure. You're not going to just get rid of your ADHD. Here's a couple of things. Don't ask me something serious in the morning or ask me to remember something. And late in the evening, I'm not available mentally. <laughs> like I just am because it's done. It's fried. It's done for the day. But there's this big, huge, fat middle space where I can function and do the things that I need to get done for my business. Those other two times don't matter anyway. I don't need those times. So hopefully this episode has given you a little insight on what it looks like to be assessed. There's a person who's going to talk with you, ask you questions, may talk to somebody who knows you or who you grew up with or who lives with you, who's not just judgmental, but will be open and honest about what they observe. And in that assessment, unless there's like something crucial missing, you should know your answer. So if you have any questions on the assessment further, Anything that you want to ask me about my own personal experience, um, because I'm just one person. <laughs> and I know so many people in my community also have it. So it's like, find other people in my community to connect with, to talk about it, you know? I'm a, I'm a community resource and a super connector. That's like my jam. I love connecting people with other people. I love working with people and then helping them connect with other people who can support them in their business or in their life. That's one of my big jams is being a super connector. That's why I love community. The more people I know who do really cool shit, I can introduce them to other people who do really cool shit who need each other's shit. <laughs> so anyway, I hope this really helped with understanding just the basics of what it looks like to get an assessment. And like I said, if you have questions, DM me, email me, go to my website, go to the about me section. And I think it's the about me or the, no, the first page, no, contact me, go to contact me and just send me a message. Anything you need. I'm here to answer those questions. That's why I'm here. That's why I do this. Awareness is a big part of it. So 
with that, <laughs> I'm going to finish up for today. And I see you. I love you. I'm rooting for you always. Start unmasking. Take off those shackles that you've been trying to put on these layers that aren't you because the world wants to see you. The unabashed, brave, bold version of you and unmasking can feel hard um, because for so long we've been trying to fit into societal norms, but that's not our job anymore. It never was, but now we just, here's your permission slip. <laughs> you get to stop that shit. So I see you. I love you. I'm rooting for you always, like I said, and I cannot wait to see you next time. Talk to you soon. Bye. Oh, hey, you're still here. Well, thank you for listening all the way through the episode. And I would like to ask a little favor of you because I'm trying to get to as many women with ADHD as possible. Please like, share, subscribe, give a five-star review, and you could even post a screenshot in your stories and tag me so that I can thank you because the more women that this podcast gets to, the more we can help women like us. So thank you so much for sticking around till the end. And I hope you have a great day. I'll see you next time. Bye.